1: My guests are professional in their field, so if you like, you can reach them directly from the information I provide on the show. And remember, the show is intended to be for information purpose and also thought-provoking. If you'd like to know more about me and how I can help you and be in service to you, please visit my website at www.coachingbyria.com. You can also send me a message here on the show, so make sure you follow the show. For up-to-date information, you can also email me at CoachRia, one word, at gmail.com. That's CoachRia at gmail.com. I'm also on Skype. So please reach out to me if I can help you in any way.
0: Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Ria will return in just a few moments.
1: My guest today is Rick Kelly. Rick is a financial service professional, director of Safe Money Solutions. Safe Money Solutions and Rick's mission is to assist individuals with their individual retirement and wealth preservation plans, and to help business owners develop safe retirement and benefit programs for their employees. With almost 30 years in the financial service business, Rick Kelly is the go-to guy when it comes to money management and money solutions. Rick currently lives in New York City with Michelle, his wife of 27 years. It's my pleasure to have Rick Kelly on Your Life Now radio show. Welcome, Rick. Thank you so much for being here, my friend.
2: Oh, hello, Rick. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very pleased, and I look forward to interacting with your audience.
1: Oh, my pleasure to have you here, so thank you again. Well, Rick, you know, you're the go-to guy, you know, when it comes to um, money and money literacy. So I, uh, you and I, we were talking off the air, and we thought it would be great to for you to comment on the show and educate us, you know, a little bit more about money. And uh, so, Rick, you know, with nearly 30 years in the business, what really inspired you to get into the financial aspect
2: of of the business? Well, I mean, I I like helping people. Uh, You know, my my, uh, activities over the course of the past 30 years have, you know, they've run the full gamut. I've spent a lot of time working with business owners and helping them with their benefit programs and in working with individual employees. And, you know, for about the, really about the past two years, I've really been focusing on the retirement arena. Right. because, you know, I'm getting to that stage where hopefully, you know, in the not-too-distant future I'll be able to retire. Uh, but, you know, even having been in this business for quite some time, you know, I realize that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a trying process and that if it's difficult for me, for somebody that's been doing this for such a long time, it's probably difficult for, you know, a lot of other people and, you know, maybe from the perspective of trying to give something back, you know, I owe it to try to make the planning process for other people's retirement maybe just a little bit easier.
1: Yeah, it, it could be a little complicated for most of us and, and, you know, we think we're too young or we, you know, we maybe missed on the boat. So, you know, hopefully you can shed some of these, enlighten uh, us a little bit about some of these myths and, and some of these things. I just want to give uh, um, our listeners some information here. I just opened the chat room. So if you scroll down the page, if you log on to the link, of my show page, you'll be able to check in. You have to sign in to the chat room. And you can put your questions or comments there. You can also call with questions or comments for um, my guest or myself at 626-213-5773. That's 626-213-5773 if you are an international caller and uh, um, the Skype icon should be next to the phone number on the page, so you'll be able to dial in using Skype to Skype for a free call. So, Rick, um, let's, let's just start with 101. You know, the show is really about, you know, education, right? You know, for information purpose and also thought-provoking. Makes you want to think, you know, about what's going on in your life. And uh, um, so if we start from the beginning, I mean, where are some of the things that, you know, it, you know, I mean, if you read the description of the show, um, I was saying, you know, do you have any financial goals? Have, when was the last time you actually examined your current financial situation? And these questions that really kind of bring to our mind is like, you know, where are we right now? So what are what kind of some of the things that you can tell us that we can start to examine our current situation financially?
2: Sure, I'd be happy to. And, you know, it's amazing how when you use the term financial literacy, I mean, it seems, you know, almost, you know, fundamental that mm-hmm. everybody knows something about finances. But it's amazing when you look at, you know, all the different phases of education that we go through. Mm-hmm. We get very little formalized financial literacy schooling, either actually in a classroom environment or you know, at home with our parents. So uh, it's it's not to say that people aren't necessarily financially illiterate. It's more a perspective of the individual person just has never really been formally trained in financial literacy. And it tends to get compounded as time goes on because as we get into our day-to-day life, it becomes more a question of just getting up and doing everything that we have to do and fundamental financial things that... You know, when you're having a conversation with somebody, you might take for granted, you know, they just either they don't get done, or they keep getting pushed back and back and back, until you know a lot of people find themselves in financial difficulty, and they're not able to really, you know, effectively deal with what they need to deal with. So, some of the things that. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, no, no. I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm just uh, with you. I'm, I'm in a in a thinking process with you here. But, you know, I mean, some of the things that I always notice in my coaching and my training, you know, um, I think the, the most the problem with the problem is not knowing what is the cause of the problem, right?
3: So exactly. we just tend
1: to, like, you know, be on the surface and just deal with things as it comes. But when it comes to money, I mean, this is something, you know, there's a lot of money beliefs and there's a lot of myth about money. We're going to go into some of these things that why we really kind of avoid the whole subject. To begin with, most mm-hmm. of us, uh, honestly. Right. Um, but what do you think is the real problem? The cause, you know, there's always a cause of something. What do you think is the real problem when it comes to money and money, you know, um, issues?
2: Well, I, I think there there are a couple of things. As I said, I think that you know people just have a tendency to take things for granted, and when you look at something as very simple as setting goals, a lot of people just for whatever reason, haven't really spent the time setting goals. And setting okay. a goal in anything is essential to accomplishing what you want to accomplish. Okay. And I find that you know, a lot of people tend to complicate the process of setting goals when in, in reality you know, all you really have to do to start out is just decide what you want. What is it that you want to accomplish? Do you want financial security? Are you looking for freedom from debt? You know, do you want to travel? Do you want to save some money to have enough money to travel? Are you, re- look, are you looking for a retirement that you can count on, maybe buying a house, first-time home buyer, or maybe a vacation house, or a house to retire to, or funding your kid's, alloc- kids' education? point is there are a number of things that we want to accomplish, but I think it's very important that you take the time to identify exactly what it is that you want to accomplish keeping in mind that because we live very diverse lives, there's going to be more than one goal, more than one thing that you want to have mm-hmm. to accomplish.
1: True, So true. And as a coach, I would, if you don't mind me adding something to that, knowing what you want and knowing it specifically what you want, you also need to know why, why you want it. Like you said, you know, whether, you know, you want it to be able to uh, put your kids into school or you want to be able, like me, I want to travel and enjoy all the best of all things life has to <laughs> offer. For me, that is like my, you know, why I want to be financially always comfortable and, and free in that sense because that's what I enjoy out of life. So you have to have a reason and you have to have a valid reason and you have to have the desire, the urgency to make that goal come true. But like you mentioned, you know, most of the problem is, like, you, you know, the first thing that you mentioned, which is really true, is us, we take things for granted. This is something mm-hmm. exactly. that we've been programmed to, yeah, it's like, you know, it's there, you know. I mean, we don't realize that it's not there when, until we lose it, right? And then we say, oh, my God, now I don't have it. Well, if we learn how to manage it when we have something or we do, you know, appreciate the things that we have, including the money in our life, and, uh, you know, I just wanted to mention, I mean, for me, you know, as a, as a coach, I always mentioned, you know, like money is just nothing but tools, tools to help you live the life that you want, the life that you desire, whether it's for you, for your family, for whatever it is that your purpose of having the money. You've got to bring that to your subconscious mind and you've got to bring that to your life, you know, so you can really realize why is it so important for you to set some good financial goals. And, you know, mentioning financial goals, what are some of the things, what are some of the, the SMART goals? And we know what the word SMART stands for, right? Specific, attainable, measurable. What else? Um, I, I can't even realistic. now think. It's like it's, okay, it's smart. Yeah, exactly. And then you have to time it. You got to give yourself time. You know how long it take you to actually accomplish that goal. So, what are some of the like maybe even in the near future, some of the things that an average person can take a look at their financial and start setting some small attainable goals.
2: Oh well, you know, Ria. You know, it, it sounds like you're, you're reading right from the playbook. Uh, you know <laughs> that's that really that's really just getting started a very you know short term goal, but a very important goal you know mm-hmm. that's to make sure that you're that you're number one that you're saving money I'm a firm believer that you have to pay yourself first uh, you know yes. later on in the, in the conversation, I think we'll talk a little a little bit about you know eliminating debt mm-hmm. and I'll go into that in greater detail, but almost an immediate you you talk about short-term, you don't get any more short-term than immediate, is deciding that you're going to pay yourself first. I think that's very important. And then hand-in-hand with that would be, you know, very fundamental process of setting up some sort of an emergency fund. You generally want to have anywhere from three to six months' worth of expenses set aside so that if something does happen, you have the ability to meet whatever obligations that you have over the short to intermediate period of time.
1: Well, you know, I mean, this is in in um, obviously, you know, just so I, I wanted to bring it out to our listeners. You know, in theory, this works perfectly, right? But in reality, when some people actually live check to check, paycheck to paycheck, let's put it that way. Okay, it's it's hard for them to comprehend. How can I pay myself first? Where would that money come from? And this is where the show is about. You know, financial literacy, about money literacy, about knowing exactly. What, where you are right now and what can you do? Look, like even a dollar, you know, put aside is a dollar you have more than what you had before. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. I mean, that brings to mind, there's, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, the best time to start saving was 20 years ago. Yeah. The next best time is right now. So with that in mind, in, in terms of some concrete tools that help people get on track right now, we had just gotten done spending a few minutes on goal setting, and we have to know where we want to go in order to get there, but it's equally important that we have to know where we are right now. Uh, you know, we can come up with the greatest plan on the face of the earth, but if it doesn't take into consideration two very important components, where we are right now and where we ultimately want to get to, we're not going to get there. Uh, when I I usually I meet with groups of people. I do a lot of work with uh, in the workplace with employers meeting with their employees and at this point I generally put a slide up on the screen that's it's a map of the United States now it doesn't have any boundaries it doesn't have states or cities or anything like that and I insert a star in the center of of the country and I ask the audience to just tell me where do you think that star is and you know I allow for a couple of minutes of people throwing out names of cities here in this you know particular location Chicago Denver Occasionally you get somebody that's, you know, a little bit really off the mark, and they you know, will throw out a city like Philadelphia when I'm clearly marking the center of the country. But the right. point in that exercise is that you have to know where you're going to go. And then right. I take two people and I say, okay, you're, you're down here in Florida, and the other person is way up on the other side of the country up in, say, Oregon, up in the Pacific Northwest, and I say, I've got two sets of directions how to get to the center of the country, St. Louis, Missouri. I've got directions from Portland, Oregon to St. Louis, Missouri and from Miami, Florida to St. Louis, Missouri. Now, what do you think would happen if I would give those directions from Florida to Missouri to the person up in in Oregon? Well, they'd probably end up somewhere in Alaska. And if I did likewise and gave the person the directions from from Oregon to Missouri, if I gave those directions to the person in Florida, they'd probably drown. They'd be in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean or the Caribbean. So the point is, yes, we definitely have to know where we want to go. We've got to set those goals, but we also have to know where we are.
3: Right. And, and that's, that's important. important. Mm-hmm.
2: And, mm-hmm. and a, lot of people, a lot of people don't know where they're at, and they get wrapped up mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a lot of different things, which kind of leads to the question, you know, what, what's the real problem that people have? Is it not having enough money or too much spending? And what I find is that most people just are not on track to accomplishing their goals. And there are a lot of different reasons for that. Uh, Many many times people, you know, they're they're put in positions where they're following the advice of, like, popular culture. If you remember, you know, years ago, back in the late 90s, any company that had a dot-com after it, Mm-hmm. was a company whose stock was just skyrocketing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and, and all the pundits, all the gurus, you know, hands down, just recommended being invested in, mm. the, uh, in the technology sector. Well, mm. we know what happened before too long. The mm. technology bubble burst and people lost money. And kind of a similar thing happened, you know, uh, about 10 years ago with real estate.
3: Right. Everybody
2: wanted to be Donald Trump. And then the mortgage crisis came and the bottom fell out of the real estate market and a lot of people lost their shirts. So to a certain extent, a big problem that people have is that in many cases the blind are leading the blind, which emphasizes that we have to find a real good plan and then follow that proven plan.
1: Well you know you you said it beautifully and and some of the things that comes to my mind you know um you know first of all it's really important to know where you are your current your current situation your current place you know you've got to start from where you are I, I talk about this every single show you know it's so important I'm the queen of now you know you gotta understand what's going on in your life right now because in order for you to get anywhere in life you gotta you have to have a starting point so without that starting point you basically just you know, scattered. You don't know where you're going, and most likely you will get lost. Second thing that comes to my mind from what you have, you know, what you've been saying, because I'm taking notes as we're talking, is is uh, um, education, learning. You know, we, we are a um, society, you know, a consumer society. There's nothing wrong with being a consumer society. The world economy would not be moving and, you know, we need people to be buying things and we need people to be doing things. But the problem with being a consumer society, we so focus on the latest, you know, trend, the latest whatever, the latest, you know, and that's what we're going to get into after the break is the spending habits. But what I find it to be really the most like, you know, I've been in real estate, I'm still involved in real estate. And, and I know what happened with the real estate. I know what happened with the dot com. And I have to tell you, it's because it's a trend. People follow the trend and they believe, you know, because again, they follow blindly. You know, you you know, I mean, if you start be becoming more of a leader in your life, and you understand, you know, it's your life, it's not someone else. So, if that dot com is going to be working fine for somebody who started for whatever years, many years, is that going to be working for you 20 years from now? Is this going to help you retire early? How is this education processing information? You know, we don't just blindly follow and then hoping, you know, everything else is going to pay out in the future. And that's what I find it to be a little bit more you know, what goes on in in most people's lives. You know, have I fall victim of some of these things? Yeah, absolutely. But the bottom line is I'm more educated now, and that's why I try to teach, you know, um, people on my show as well, is to learn, learn everything about whatever it is that you're about to do. Do you agree with that, Rick, is that you think it's very important that we process and we learn, educate ourselves about whatever it is that we're doing?
2: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, if if we're not going to take the responsibility, who is? You know, we're ultimately responsible for ourselves, and that entails taking every possible opportunity that we can to find out what it is that we need to know. And when we reach a point where we find that we're either confused or we need help to seek out help that's reliable, competent, and is able to explain things to us, to us, in
1: a way that makes sense and is understandable. Right, right. And uh, that's very um, beautifully said. So we're going to take a short break, um, and then when we come back, we will talk a little bit about the spending um, habits and, and why we don't have enough money to save any money. So, <laughs> so please stay, stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thank you.
0: Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Hi, this is Kay William Spencer of Your Thoughts, Your Reality Radio. Join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Freedom Talk Radio for enlightening, humorous, and intriguing conversations that I have with my co-hosts and or our guests, all to help you look at life and your choices differently. For more information, go to ytyrradio.tk or if you prefer, ytyrradio.wordpress.com.
2: A successful retirement plan has a couple of key ingredients. It's in the market when the market is up. It's out of the market when the market is down. And when you're ready to access those gains, you're able to access them legally without having to pay taxes. I'm Rick Kelly. I've been in the benefit business for the past 28 years, mostly helping business owners with their medical plan and the company's retirement plan. I turned 55 last year. And I got to thinking, what would it be like? Could I actually afford to retire? So I took a look at my situation. I realized that. While I was doing pretty well, I wasn't as well off as I thought I was, and I need more to be able to retire. I wanted to find answers for me and anyone else for that matter who needed help with figuring out how they were going to beat the retirement. I came across the 101 plan. It sets up a life insurance contract that has a cash account. At Safe Money Solutions, we educate you about what exactly the 101 plan is and how it might benefit you. I think this 101 plan is the best supplemental retirement plan available. I wish it had been available 25 years ago.
1: Contact Rick Kelly at Safe Money Solutions to learn more about the 101 plan and to find out how to turn your IRA or 401k from an old job into a safe money solution for life. Visit www.safemoneyanalysis.com forward slash Rick. Okay, welcome back my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for being here. And today with me, Rick Kelly is the money expert. He's the, the, the guy to go to when it comes to money management <laughs> and money solution. Welcome, Rick.
2: Oh, thank you again for having me, Rhea.
1: You put a smile oh, on my months. face
2: when you
3: say that.
1: Oh, you know, you are a wonderful guy. I really had the pleasure of meeting you not so long ago, and and I'm glad that we, you know, we connected. And here you are on the show, educating us and telling us more about how to be better financially, you know, um, smart and stuff like that. So before the break, we talked about smart goal. We talked about having specific goal, measurable goal, attainable goal. And realistic goal, of course, have to have a time frame for your financial goal to be achieved. And we also talked about what would uh, um, your goal mean to you. You know, why would you be doing what you're doing as far as financially? Why would you be saving? And we also talked about, you know, the, the, some of the, the things that happened in, in the past, you know, where people fall victim. Financially, whether it's a real estate, you know, investment or the dot-com, you know, back in the 90s, which most recently, of course, the real estate thing. And uh, now, you know, we're talking about how important it is to start from where you are and question what's going on in your financial situation in order for you to move on and to build a good financial um, goal. And Rick also mentioned, you know, the fact that you need to pay yourself first. But before we get to all that, um, again, uh, Rick, you know, to go in depth some details, I, well, I don't know, I guess I'm one of those people I, I, I really change. I mean, I always put myself because I'm not, you know, one of people say, oh, I've never done that. I have. I used to spend a lot, and I got better because now I think about it twice before I say it's like, do I really need this? And so my question is to you, is spending math or emotion, I know the answer. Well,
2: you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's the sixty-four million-dollar question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is is spending math or is it emotion? And yeah, you know, I think that anybody could probably relate to a couple anecdotal uh, instances. I know personally myself. Mm-hmm. I I have to spend thirty dollars a month here in the office to go into our office pool to pay for coffee, tea, and you know some assorted things for you know breakfast that we have here available to the staff. So right. I know that I've got coffee and I've got tea and I've got basically whatever else I want waiting for me when I get in here in the morning and that I've paid $30 for the month to have that. But about a quarter of a mile from where I work, it's right along my route into work, there's a Dunkin' Donuts, and there's nothing more that I like than Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> and, uh, you know, a, a French roll. Now, knowing full well that I've spent 30 bucks for coffee and that it's right there in the office for my taking, I stop and I spend additional money at Dunkin' Donuts every day because I like it, because I want to do it. And while that's a small example, that kind of is very illuminating on some of the patterns, some of the feelings and emotions that drive spending. You know, mm. when, we, when we get into trouble with spending, a lot of times it's because, well, I think most spending is emotional. When it becomes a problem, it just becomes over-emotional spending. And uh, there is a way to get hold of it. Uh, there is a way to control that emotion. And when we actually get to the point where we realize that a lot of spending is based on emotion, and that we have the capability to control that spending, we're at a point where we're just about ready to reach the point where we can begin to achieve our true financial goals.
1: Right. Right. And that is so true. And and you know what? And it's so easy to do. It really is. I mean, I, I used to think it was so complicated because, I mean, most of us, and I really, that's why I'm, I wanted to say it's, it's it's definitely emotional, you know, the spending part because, you know, like you said, it makes you feel good. You want to go to Dunkin'. Door, you like their Dunkins. You like your friend, the French roll, whatever it is. But, you know, you have the coffee at the office. You already paid for it. So why that's would right. you, right? You know, logically, if you at least think about it, that's why I always say it's like you got to pause and think about your action and see if it's necessary for you to take it or not. That's why, mm-hmm. you know, it's really important to be a little bit more deliberate in everything we do in our lives. And I think the more we, we consciously aware of what we do and our spending habits and some of the things that – are unnecessary. We will have whatever it is that we spend it at the Dunkin' Donut and put it aside as a saving. When you said before the break, pay yourself first. So give us some of the things that you know, some of these tips about paying yourself. I mean, obviously controlling your spending could be one, so one way.
2: Well, Rhea, I, I want to, you know, I want to follow up on what you just said about, you know, where you've got at, you know, examining what you're spending and, and thinking, do you really need what you're about to buy? You, you've clearly you've done the exercise. You've used the tool. And you've gotten to that point where, you know, you're able to effectively control it. And I bet that leading up to the point where you're able to realize that, that you you had to carry out a couple of steps.
3: Mm. And probably,
2: Mm. probably one of those steps was actually sitting down and taking stock of how you were spending money. And mm-hmm. I find that, you know, a lot of people like to go on diets. We've got the holidays coming up, and before too long it'll be the new year. And a lot of people are going to say that they want to begin a diet. And, you know, I, I do this on a regular basis. It's not uncommon for me to wake up in the morning and say, oh, man, I have to lose some weight. I want to go on a diet. But before 8 o'clock in the morning, I'm already off that diet. And that's because, you know, I don't realize that the calories, what the calories are in the piece of food that I'm about to consume. Right. And I found that the most effective dieting pattern or the most effective dieting method is to learn a little bit about the calories that are in each bit of food that you're going to consume and keep a record of it. And the mm. same thing tracks over to what we do financially. Mm. We can control that spending emotion if we're able to track it first. Now, you know, it's a process that that, that we do, it's a process that allows us to get hold and control that spending emotion. But when we do that, you know, we're on the path to beginning to establish our, our financial plan, and that's ultimately what we want to do.
1: That is, I mean, you know what? When you explain like this, obviously it's it's it is simple. It's a lot simpler than we 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 think about it. We overthink it, right? And I think you know the two things that you keep emphasizing on, and I I'm gonna emphasize on them actually more. The things that you keep bringing them up is knowledge, process, knowledge and process. And here here's how I will you know um again explain a little bit more on the show from a from a perspective of you know of being a coach. Knowledge is power. So the more you know, the more you understand, you know, what you're doing and you process what you learn because, you know, knowing it's just basically you got constipated with knowledge, right? If you don't take <laughs> what you've learned and put it into practice, right? That's start right. processing That's and start applying Definitely. this in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So, in, That's right. you know, so the, the key here is understanding, learning. And then, you know, avoiding. I mean, that's one of the things. I mean, like, you know, when you understand what's going on, like we're talking about, you know, spending or we're talking about, you know, dieting and some of the simple things that people get into the trends of whatever it is. So it is a holiday coming up right now and people are going to be, you know, extremely, um, um, you know, because it's just, they, they say, hey, well, you know what, after the holiday I'll diet, right? Well, right, exactly. Well, you know, going about it the wrong way. You know, why don't you be a little bit more conscious and deliberate of what you eat and what you serve to your family? And, you know, I know the turkey is always the main dish, but maybe you want to do some tweaking, right? I always say it's like, you know, there's always a way that you can tweak things to make it a little bit more healthier, less calorie, less fat, less whatever, right? So whether you are invited somewhere or you have people over, whatever, I always say, you know, just be conscious, be deliberate. So when it comes to the, the emotion part of spending, so would you think, because this is, again, you know, my, my philosophy in, in psychology here, we think of something, we feel it second. So if it's spending is an emotion, that means we have thought about it first, right? So I cool. walk in the store and I just say, like you said, even Duncan Doran, give an example that you give you thought about how that Dunkin', whatever, that donut looks, and, 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 you know, it's like, oh, my God, I can just picture it in my mind and eating it and enjoying it and all the stuff, right? So you process it in your head, and then, therefore, you feel that It's like, oh, that feels good. I got to buy it. And then you act on it because, technically, that's how the process of the bread, the mind works, right? You think, that's you right. feel, you act on it. And so so the emotion part could be, you, what, I'm, what I'm getting out of here, and that's why I need your expertise here to try to explain it more. If emotion, and we agree on it, if spending is an emotion, it's not a math. Well, it is a math if you calculate how much you spend. But it's still an emotion, right? So if that's you change your thinking process, you will be able to control your spending.
2: That's right. That's that's why when I work with people, I, I, I work to get them to control their spending emotion by conducting a tracking exercise. And that exercise consists of basically accounting for everything that they spend on a daily basis and doing that for about three months. You know, three months establishes a trend that establishes some pretty reliable information. And having that, those spending items identified over a three-month, peop- or three-month period you know, people are able to look and recognize, not emotionally, what it is that they're spending on and come to the conclusion that you were just talking about that you know maybe that's not the thing that I really need to do. Maybe spending my money on Dunkin' Donuts when I've got money going into a $30 monthly pool at the office, maybe that's not the thing that I need to do. Mm-hmm. Which now leads us into... The next phase of where we want to go, after we've tracked the spending, which is kind of the tool for controlling that spending emotion, we want to actually construct the financial plan. And when you talk about a financial plan, the word budget tends to creep into the conversation. And I like what you said about training your mind Mm -hmm. to do a certain thing.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Budget, to a lot of people, has very negative connotations. when when you say budget to someone, there may be a good chance that when they hear budget, they're really hearing you tell them that you can't do something, that they can't do something. It has a negative connotation that you're telling them that there are things that they can't spend money on. And when people look at something from a negative perspective, the outcome doesn't tend to be that positive. So I kind of try to turn the table a little bit and instead of calling it a budget I call it a spending plan and and what we do with the spending plan is that you know we look at what we've done during the tracking exercise and we prioritize you know right. where we're spending money we identify what we need to spend money on and we go from there and I and I also tell people that you know keep in mind that you can have anything that you want you just can't have everything so that tends to to you know when when you look at You know, the example of, say, take me, for instance. Like, I know full well that I'm spending money on this this fee at the office, but I stop at Dunkin' Donuts. Well, I know that if I'm going to spend money at Dunkin' Donuts, I can have that. But it means that I've got to find something else that I can have and make up the difference there. And that's what I do. That's, That's the point that I'm trying to make. And if we can follow that spending plan, at some point, Instead of us working for our money, our money, our money will be working for us, and that's really the beginning of establishing financial security. Right. So, right. So, so the first step in building that plan is to track, track your expenses for three months, write it down, and then prioritize it and decide exactly what it is that you want. And then I liked what you said about emphasizing and reemphasizing my point about the importance of paying yourself first. Mm -hmm. I think that the most important part of the spending plan, right at the top of the list, number one, the top priority, is that you've got to pay yourself first. Right. You have to do that and arrange the other items from there.
1: With the point in mind... Right. Continue, please. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: With the point in mind that as you develop the items that... Are going to be part of your spending plan that you can have anything what you want anything that you want but
1: you just can't have everything you have to prioritize and go from there you know i i love how you put it i think this is absolutely you know because you know I, that's how i work right so you know whether i'm not the, you know the in particular the the financial person but this is how i help my clients with their goals and how they prioritize things but I have to tell you, one of the things that comes to my mind, if you want the extra stuff or you want to have everything and people you know, can sell you all, oh, you can have anything you want in your life, you have to realize if that's what your goal is and that's what you ask after, to have everything in your life, you have to be willing to take extra steps. And you have that's to correct. be willing. Exactly. If you are not willing and capable, again, that's where smart goals comes in. If you not if it's not attainable for, attainable for you and you, it's it's not measurable and you cannot have it right now, it should be out of your mind. It should be out of you know completely out of your priority list. Because what your priority, like you said, the first thing in on your list, it should be to find money to pay yourself first. And you for gotta course. recognize those obstacles that comes in your way of doing that. Maybe you need to spend less than one area and add another area. And that's how priority, that's the power of priority lists. Most people don't really realize how important to have a priority list versus just a list. And, and
2: that's, that's really at the heart of it, Rhea, as you say, that's the spending plan. That's really what's going to get you on track, not only to financial literacy but towards financial, financial success and accomplishing all those things that you want to accomplish. And w- what I've found that in putting together the plan and establishing those priorities, mm-hmm. you're able to find savings by looking mm-hmm. at what you're spending money on. You know, I-, I tell people that on average it's not uncommon to find $300 a month in savings by just going through all the items that you've tracked during this process of setting up your spending plan. And and some examples of where you can find money that you might be spending too much money on. Homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance, if you rent.
3: Car insurance.
2: (laughs) If if you take the time to shop the homeowner's insurance, the renter's insurance, and the car owner's insurance, you're bound to come up with another policy that's going to provide good coverage, but at a cheaper cost. So I tell people, shop your home and shop your auto insurance. If you're the type of person that gets tax refunds at the end of the year, essentially you're paying the government an interest-free loan. So why not maybe look to change tax withholdings? Additionally, if you have a hobby, if there's something that you like to do, explore the possibility that maybe that hobby could actually become a side business. And because it's a side business, there could be tax deductions that – thrown off that you're able to take advantage of Uh, I find that entertainment is a big area we probably overspend on entertainment I look at something where my wife and I just love to go to the movies and you know for for one movie ticket you're easily spending anywhere between 12 and 13 dollars and we realized that it was costing us an enormous amount of money to go to the movies so you know what we do is we just uh, you know wait until it comes out on on CD and rather than spend the $12 there, you know, we spend 4 or 5 on Netflix, and we find that we're saving money in, in a way that we hadn't thought of previously. There's other and items. this is so
1: simple. I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, it's, it's not that complicated. But, again, it, when you bring your conscious awareness to what's going on in your life right now, that's what it is, that's the key here, is, is to figure out what's going on right now and what can you adjust, what can you tweak, what can you change. It's all about changing, right? So it's either like, mm-hmm. I, I, like, when you give the example about homeowner insurance, I have to give an example of my personal life. I was paying almost nearly like, what, $1,500, $1,600, $1, I think, a year for our homeowner insurance. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was too much. And I kept trying to, like, negotiate with our insurance company. I'm like, why are we paying too much? We don't have that many, you know, like we didn't have, I think, maybe one um, uh, claim or something like that. And, uh, oh, they, we were overinsured. I found out that we were overinsured, and by literally, I changed it from sixteen hundred to nine hundred something. So how much did I save? I saved over like close six hundred bucks.
2: Wow, that's, a year that that, that, that blows my three hundred dollars out of the water. That's
1: great. Right. So that's I mean, great. you know, that's it, and it, it that's exactly the same thing. I've done the same thing with my cable uh, uh, bill. I've done the same thing with some of the things that we do. So I'm like, I'm become. Uh, so we are consumer by nature, right? We, we have that urge, you know, here in the United States, all we do is buy, 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 right? So if that's you're going right. to be a consumer, and that's okay because you're going to make the economy move and, and, you know, hopefully everything gets back to normal and we, we will be out of inflation and all the crap that is going on right now, right? <laughs> but the bottom line is be a smart consumer, Know that your dollar can go far. I know one of the myths about you know people say it's like well you, you get what you pay for. Well, to some extent maybe, but like you said, do you really need to go spend six bucks on a movie? And now it's actually what $9? nine bucks, nine dollar on going oh, to the movie in
2: in New York. In New York, it's twelve dollars. Twelve. How much? Twelve dollars. Twelve dollars.
1: That's for matinee or or soirée.
2: That, well, that, that's for, uh, uh, you know, uh, what, what some of the theaters do in order to, I guess, you know, make it a little bit more attractive. If you go to the movie before noon, uh, the price drops from $12 to about $7 or $8. But if you're going to a regular either primetime or afternoon show, you're looking at $12.
1: Wow. But, you know, again, I mean, you know, just doing a little bit, maybe you, instead of going, maybe, I mean, I know we used to go every, like, Friday or something like that. And then, so, like, instead of going every Friday, maybe you want to do it once a month mm-hmm. and then rent. You, you know what I mean? So there's options. <laughs> That's what I love about having options. If you have options, you can actually find solutions for a lot of things. So, I mean, when we always say, oh, I cannot do this or I cannot because this is how we custom. This is how, you know what? What, what is important to you? And the bottom line, what is important to you? If you're important... That's right. Right? So that's why you got to question these things. So if what's important for you is to have extra money saved aside so you can put your kids in school, so you can travel, go on vacation, or doing this. What can you do throughout the year that can help you attain that financial freedom?
3: So oh, um, you, you, you
2: just you just illustrated a great thing where you know to to lend credence to what I said about looking at the items that you're spending money on. You came up with nine hundred dollars savings
1: right there. Right, right. And that, so, that was great. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's true though. You know, I mean, it's 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 really. So I always say, simplify, don't amplify. And I apply these things that I teach in my own life because I have no place to teach it if I don't do it myself. <laughs> but it's it's so it's a lot easier. To actually start doing things and just in theory talk about it too. So when you say I'm gonna do this, and this is some of the things like you mentioned, like when people talk in the example of going on diet after the holiday. Come January, everybody makes a New Year's resolution. They say I'm gonna go on diet, I'm gonna get financially free, I'm gonna be debt free, I'm gonna be doing all the stuff. Talk, 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 talk.
3: No action. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's so true.
1: you know, I'm like, I, I always say, it's like, well, follow up with action because if you're not moving forward, you're gonna be moving backward mm-hmm. because the bro- the problem is, well, it's not a problem it depends on where you're moving. The thing is, the reality <laughs> is, you are constantly moving because life is changing, life is moving, it's always things happening around you. There's a new thing coming up, something is go fade away, like we talk about the real estate. People made a lot of money, and now people are getting like, oh, my God, I mean, the markets start to go back up. But the bottom line is, don't just follow, you know, one trend and, and just be a victim of the consequences of what could happen, right? And that's why if, if anybody on the show page see seeing a basket of eggs <laughs> that I put <it> in there, <laughs> don't put all your eggs in one basket either. <laughs> that's,
2: that's, you know, Rhea, that speaks to mindset, and there's a, there's a mindset that goes along with savings, right used to be that, that there was a this saying that went basically that you're going to save for a rainy day mm. i i submit to the people that i work with you're not looking to save for a rainy day you're you're saving for a purpose and i find right. that if you save for a purpose it's much more motivating and right. that that will reinforce the things that we talked about earlier and that's not letting your emotion take control of your saving so A lot of what we've been talking about is changing your mindset, looking at a spending plan instead of a budget. When it comes to savings, looking at ways internally that we Mm -hmm. can tweak money out of the things that we're currently spending money on. And now when we move into the actual savings that we're accruing, approaching it from the perspective of having a defined purpose Mm -hmm. is much better than just saying, well, I'm just going to, you know, put money aside. I'm just going to put money aside. As we had emphasized, you want to save money for yourself first and then there are a couple of things that if you dedicate yourself to savings allocations as follows, you tend to save more consistently and you stay on track. And what I'm talking about is, again, instead of saving for that rainy day, have a purpose. And what I found that a pretty good purpose is that when you do find money as you are savings as you are saving, allocate twenty percent to an emergency fund. Allocate twenty percent to taking care of those emotional binges that you might go on, and allocate sixty percent towards long term wealth accumulation and retirement. Because we we know that we have to have an emergency fund. We know that we're gonna try and control our spending emotion, but we're not perfect. And it's like being on a diet. You know, you find that you deprive yourself, you deprive yourself, you deprive yourself. In a moment of weakness, you're going to go crazy and just blow through your diet. Well, the same is true with controlling that spending emotion. If you allow yourself a little indulgence here and a little indulgence there, you save yourself from really going off the deep end. So when we save, we want to allocate 20% towards the accomplishment of achieving that emergency fund, 20% to keep us in line with making an occasional emotional purchase but the bulk of it 60 percent is going into a long term wealth accumulation and retirement plan
1: that is that is yes absolutely I mean you know just exactly what uh, what we really need to start you know thinking about and focusing on and so um, can you like explain I mean I, I'm trying to adjust the time a little bit but I don't seem to have a uh, success here to expand the time so I just want to tell our listeners for whatever reason we go off the the air live the show will be archived so don't panic you know you will be able to listen to the show completely because we only have you know about nine minutes left for the live show so i want to try to make the best of it <laughs> right so can you tell us a little bit about look like, the difference between saving versus getting out of debt because most people let's face it you know i mean what we does... live in a, in a in a country that is in debt so you know debt is what so does... huge how do, what's that, the
2: difference? That's a good and, question. And that, that's a good question. I there are there are a lot of, you know, nationally renowned financial people that make a point of recommending that you got to get out of debt before anything. I, I don't agree with that because I, I think that if you get out of debt and you don't save, eventually when you get out of debt, you're bound to start spending again. And mm-hmm. one thing that we know that you can't replace is time. So, yes, you may get out of debt five, six, seven years down the road, but if you can get out of debt maybe a little bit longer and have accumulated some savings, I think that you're better off because it's possible to get out of debt and not have a nickel to your name. And I submit, what good did getting out of debt do if you don't have anything to show for it, especially when you consider that there are ways to get out of debt, maybe it takes a little bit longer, But at the same time, you've accumulated some decent savings and you're on the path toward achieving the financial goals that you set for yourself. And there are ways. There are ways that you can do it that, you know,
1: I know we're we're running down and we're getting short on time. I mean, you can talk because I'm just saying, I mean, you're not going to be getting off the air yourself, but, you know, for people who listen to the show live, they, you know, after the show goes off the air, you know, it will be archived. But please continue. Yes, go ahead.
2: Well, a, a very simple approach, and, and I know this is a little bit hard on the radio. When you start talking numbers on the radio, it becomes hard to follow, so I'll try to do my best to paint a mental picture. If you look at a debt situation, let's say somebody has credit card debt, they've got a car payment and a mortgage, and let's say the credit card debt uh, is going has to be paid off in 12 months, the car payment has got to be paid off in three years, and the mortgage has got 20 years left on it. I recommend that people arrange their debts from shortest duration to longest. So in this case, we'd look at the credit card debt first because that's got 12 months. The card next because it's got three years. And the mortgage last because it's got 20 years to, to play out. Now, let's say the credit card payment is $100 a month. The car payment is $300 a month. The mortgage payment is $1,000 a month. Now we're going to make our monthly payments. We're going, to, we're going to, you know, we're not going to short anybody. We're going to make our monthly payments. But at the end of that year, the credit card payment will be through. We'll be done with that. What I submit to to get out of debt as quickly as possible is to take that hundred dollars that would have gone to the credit card in year one. In year two, take that hundred dollars and post it towards your car payment, which is going to result in your car debt being eliminated in a shorter period of time than the three years that's allocated for it. When the car payment is through, when the car debt is off the books, you've now got $100 from the credit card debt that you originally had. You've got $300 from the car payment that's now off the books for a total of $400. Take that $400 as much as you possibly can and post it as an additional payment towards your mortgage payment, and that's going to result in your mortgage getting paid off sooner than it, ordinarily otherwise would again though the key point is you've got to strike a healthy balance if paying that program at hundred percent of what i just said results in you not being able to pay yourself well you have to adjust that payment schedule because you want to make sure that you pay yourself so just a couple of hints and tidbits about ways that are pretty good to take care of paying off debts a little quicker than letting them run their normal course of time
1: Oh my God! I mean, these are great, great tips. Thank you so much for sharing it. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, like we talk about, like you know, what's going on right now in in our economy. If you are listening, obviously here in the United States, so you know, we have inflation, unemployment is still high, you know, people still having a hard time with their jobs. You know, what what can we tell so many people who are still you know, in in the process of even trying to get back into, you know, getting, sure. you know, what I mean, I mean, it's tough. It's tough for some people. I understand, and I'm not trying to make it like, you know, it's all just easy and dandy. But what what some of the things that you can tell some of these people who, you know, struggling because of what's happening in the economy right now?
2: Well, sure. Well, you know, as we've talked about, the purpose of all this is to to establish a goal and work towards it, and right. uh, with our money that we save, we now want to make that grow and we want to make that grow in a safe way. Consider the things that get in the way of safe growth of our savings. We've got market volatility, taxes, and inflation. I mean, just consider three examples. Uh, look at, you had a 30 year old person, uh, and say he's able to earn 5% compounded interest and has to pay regular income tax on those gains. And he, he, if he sets aside about $1,600 a month, he, given a 5% compounded gain with regular income tax, making that $1,600 a month investment until he turns 65, that'll get him to a million dollars. That same person, if they're able to get a 10% return that's tax-deferred, they'd only have to put aside $900 a month to become a millionaire by age 65. And that same person, if they were able to get a 10% tax-exempt return, that monthly figure would drop from $900 a month to $438 a month, which means that for about $100 a month, given the right arrangement, given the right investment and time, it's possible for just about anybody to become a millionaire. Wow. Now, now, you know, different broad types of investments, uh, we've got fixed... Interest vehicles, fixed account type of investments, they represent virtually no risk but very little return, yet you can get tax-free and tax-deferred consideration out of them. Uh, Stock market investments, they have substantial market risk, but they've got tremendous upside potential with the possibility that you can defer some of those gains, and you would do that through your 401K or through an IRA. A third strategy, and this strategy is is kind of new and it doesn't get a lot of play, is an indexing strategy. It allows for very little to no market risk, substantial upside gain potential, and the possibility of being able to access those gains tax free. So when I when I talk to people, I talk about those three types of investments, uh, depending on the suitability test that we like to apply to each individual, we decide which way is best for them, recognizing that, you know, if you can save on taxes, if you can maximize return and minimize risk, that's probably the preferred way for somebody
1: to go. That is, I mean, that's absolutely, you know, I mean, like I said, I want to make sure emphasize to our listener, whether you are listening to the show live or you're listening to our archive, I would encourage you to either download it or play it again. And I also want to encourage our listeners to um, our show now, Your Life Now, Radio Show with Cotria is available on Stitcher app. So you can listen to the show on the go. Um, you have to download the app, Stitcher, and uh, you'll be able to uh, um, to listen to all the episodes as well as iTunes. So all the shows are on iTunes in the podcast. In under Rhea Wilkie or Your Life Now radio show. So um, I'm gonna sum a little bit of the things, you know, because we are gonna go off the air because I think you give a lot of great tips, uh, Rick, and I do appreciate that. There's a lot of myth about money. There's a lot of myth about, you know, setting goals, financial goals. But the bottom line is, is just because I believe is a common and widespread doesn't mean that is the truth for you. So if you hear something about money or about finances, give it some thought. Think about it. Process these thinking before it becomes your reality because whatever you think, you're going to start acting on it, whether subconsciously or consciously. So be deliberate. I think that's the key. To be deliberate in your thinking process, give it some serious thought before taking it to heart. Ask why. Ask how so. And why could this help me or not? And with all that being said, Rick, I really do appreciate you being on the show. And uh, as always, you know, you're welcome to come back. And, and uh, the time flew by so fast. So thank you so much.
2: Rick, it was a pleasure. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you two of being here. So until next time, my friend, just wanted to let you know next week I'm dedicating this show to Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I encourage you to go to www.yourlifenow.info and leave me a voice message with, with just a short message, few seconds, indicating what you um, are grateful for or who you're grateful for in your life, and you will be air on the show next Thursday. So the show next Thursday is really uh, dedicated for um, uh, Thanksgiving and gratitude. So I hope you have something to be grateful for. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well, Rick. And one uh, um, of my thinking, I was just thinking about something, uh, Rick, what, what – I mean, you know, when we think about taking things for for granted, I mean, you know, that's one thing to be grateful for, right? You know, that we have the ability to start changing something, you know, financially, right?
2: That's right. I mean, like I said, you know, the best time was 20 years ago. The next best time
1: is right now. Hey, that is so beautiful, beautifully said. So, um, Rick, just... Quickly, please share with our listeners uh, a website that they can go to and learn a little bit more about uh, money solutions and your um, your work as well.
2: Uh, sure, Rhea. They can first. You can either contact me uh, via email at r kelly k e l l e y zero three zero two at gmail or uh, www.safemoneyanalysis.com forward slash Rick. And that will get you into a site that will allow you to get, I think, all the information that you're looking for.
1: Great. So that's great. So until next time, my friends and Rick, you have a pleasant uh, rest of the day, and we'll speak soon. Take care.
2: Thanks, Rhea, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family.
1: To you, too, and to your family. Thank you.
0: Take care. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to CoachingByRea.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea.